Welcome back from the desk below. Now, this here, we made this a goal to interview this man because, man, we coined a lot of nicknames for this man over the years. Because trying to get this guy vinyl, man, he's going to break my wallet over here pretty soon. Oh, you know, man. We call him uh, Trendsetter Diamond. Or, you know, when we try to get his vinyls, we call him Diamond Dollars, man. But this man right here, he really showed the embraces of reinventing yourself and really never giving up, man. Because when you listen to this man's albums, man, like Nobody Bleeds Like Flair or Gucci Ghost, or my personal favorite right here, just to show everybody a Roku Saki with the bars over BF oh. right here. Hell, y'all, y'all need to get this shit right here. Um, I got the one and only right here, joined by his little bro. Man, I got the one and only Mickey Diamond. And, and the back, Mac Nice. Now my, my little brother, Mac Nice, man. What the fuck, man? What's up? How you doing? Man, how you doing, Mickey? Oh, man, I can't complain, bro. You know, every day above ground is a good one, the way I feel. I just got off the phone with Vega because I was just talking and waiting for you, and he wanted to let me let you know that he says congratulations on death threats, my G. So Vega's my bro, bro. I love that little nigga, bro. Yeah. I, hey, that's my dog, bro. Like he, he's so look. Vega remind me when I think of Vega, I just think of like a sword, like just a just a sword, <laughs> bro. Like like that nigga, he's just a katana blade, bro. Like. Tori Hot type shit, bro. So, yo, Mickey, you know, when I like to find an artist, I like to go to the very back and find, like, you know, where they very started from. Um, A lot of interviews, they, like, they jump right in, like, yo, Mickey, tell me about the Umbrella. But, you know, I was more curious about why you went by Mickey Blue, and you can take me back to those days when you decided to change your name from Mickey Blue to Mickey Dot. Um... So I was Mickey Blue since I was 16 years old. You feel me? And then um, I don't know, bro. I started looking myself up on the internet and shit, and it would be like five and six Mickey Blues. You know, because I got the name, I got the name a long time ago when I was in high school. My man's in them, everybody had um like like Gambino names, like everybody had like a little mafia name in my high school, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was like a little thing or whatever. And um, so I, I couldn't figure out one. And so I I, I saw um the movie Mickey Blue Eyes with with um not what was name uh Hugh Grant and you feel me where he was married he was the regular dude married to the mob wife and he had you feel me or whatever and I kind of felt like that's what I was because I was a dude a good dude from a quiet city in South Carolina then I moved to Detroit where I was fucking around with you know what I'm saying all kind of badass kids and X Y and Z and so I picked Mickey Blue Eyes and so my original name was Mickey Blue Eyes. For a minute, my dad still called me that shit when he called my phone. You know what I'm saying? Then I dropped the eyes because I got tired of motherfuckers kept saying, but your eyes ain't blue. Like, niggas ain't see <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So then I dropped that, and it was just Mickey Blue. You know what I'm saying? But nobody ever called me Mickey. Everybody always just called me Blue or called me Mick. You know what I'm saying? It was never Mickey Blue. And so after a while of me being Mickey Blue, um, cause I had, I used to have the code. Then it was the other guy that came out. His name was blue. Okay. Then you had Mickey Fax came out. You know what I'm saying? So I just didn't want to even, you know what I mean? Well, so then, um, I'm gonna say I changed it around 2000 and maybe like 18. Oh, wow. Oh, so you took recently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I changed it around like 2018, 17, some shit like that. Um, and then, um, <laughs> I just kind of went off the line, like, you know, the, you know, they, I call my nigga son because he shine like one. Well, I just that shit popped in my head. I call my nigga Diamond because he shine like one, and I'm just like, okay, you feel me? Boom, nigga, I'm finna change my name to Mickey Diamond. And then it kind of also came off the spin from the nigga who owned the Diamond uh, skateboard T-shirt company. His name is Nicky Diamond. With the end, yeah, I know what you mean. So I kind of like took the two, you feel me? But it did none of that shit catch for real until I had to make my Instagram hands when I tried to make my name Mickey Diamond, Something and it was. That. It was trying to make me make my name Mickey Mickey underscore Diamond two six five nine. You know what I'm saying? Too many Mickey Diamonds, and so I was just like, "Fuck it, Diamond underscore underscore Dallas." And I made one Instagram handle, and I never changed that shit. And then that's just been my name ever since. That's why more more call me Diamond Dallas. You know what yeah, I'm I, I noticed like when sometimes when they do like a review on you, just to be like. I uh, featured Pro Dillinger and Diamond Dallas. I was like, yo, the name is Mickey Diamond. Jesus Christ. Diamond. But, you know, that's the dope shit because some people know me from here. Some people know me from there. 
but you know, it all depends on how who introduced you to, you know what I'm saying, and so forth and so on. Yeah. But most people know me from Instagram and on Instagram is it's Diamond Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Even though when you go into my handle, when you look at my actual name on my profile, the same Mickey Diamond, but people just go off of tags and X and seeing the diamond yeah. emoji when I, when I comment on some shit. You know what I mean? So that I just I I, I go by Diamond Dallas too. Cause that's my one of my favorite wrestlers. So I you know what I'm saying? That's oh, what it, okay. I was gonna say I thought Rick Flair was one of your favorite wrestlers because yeah, you got a lot of projects named after my guy Flair. The funny shit is Ric Flair didn't become one of my favorite wrestlers until an adult. My favorite wrestler of all time is Bret the Hitman Hart. Ah, Calgary, where I am. Oh, I see this is where the connection comes in. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Like, you feel me? I fuck with Bret I, I fuck with Bret Hart, Triple H, oh. Rock. You know what I mean? I'm a, you gotta think, bro. I grew up in the I grew up in the early era with Hulk Hogan and, and Ultimate Warrior and Flair and so forth. But Rock. by the time but, but when I really got into wrestling, Flair and Macho Man, they was already in WCW. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I remember watching wrestling young with my dad, but when I really got into wrestling on my own where I'm buying the rings and, and getting the toys and running around with the replica belts and all of that shit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of the, the, the superstars of yesteryear was in WCW. You know what I mean? And so I came up under the, as far as WWF, it was like the British Bulldog, Vader, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, uh, Doink the Clown. You know what I mean? Rock, my, the Rock was still Rocky Maivia, Nation of Domination, Farouk. You know what I mean? Like, that era. Like, around the time, like, WW, uh, WCW World Tour and, and WrestleMania, Arc, you know what I mean? WrestleMania, Arc, the Arc, uh, yeah, WrestleMania, the arcade game and Roy Rumble with Ramon and shit like that. You know what I mean? I came up in that era. So that's the that I hold near and dear. And also what I noticed too, like you're not a person to hold back, like, you know, what you come from within like, you know, like in video games and, you know, like the nerd stuff, you know, but I was curious because when you said this in an interview, I was like, man, you know, I wonder if you found a song in GTA. So I love this song too. Uh, Your Love by The Outfield. Now, when you said that you love this song, listen to it almost every day. Yo, Mickey Diamond, did you find that song in GTA Vice City? Absolutely not, bro. Um, I'm a producer. A lot of people don't know I'm a producer, bro. Oh, we're and, make and so, um, in like 2000 and 2000, and I'm gonna say like 10, um, me and my second baby mom was going through a breakup, bro. And I love rock music. If motherfuckers know anything about me, when I'm cleaning my crib or whatever the fuck the case may be, getting ready to get dressed, go out, I'm playing rock music. I'm not really listening to rap and all of that. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep it a bit with you. I'm listening to old rock music. You know what I mean? Like, shit like Weezer, Say It Ain't So, and, yes. you know what I mean? And shit like, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm listening to. Um, And so I ran across a sample, and I just fucking loved the words, but around the time I was going through a break with my baby mama, and I would, once I found that song, I would send it to her. You know what I'm saying? And that was kind of one of the only ways that she would respond to me. I sent that song to her, and you know what I mean? Like, listen to this. Just listen to the words. Like, I can't say shit that's going out of my mouth that's going to make you listen to me. But listen to this. If I can say it in this format, this is how I feel. You know what I mean? Because I just love the fucking guitar strums and the message in the in, in that, that song. Yeah, in that song, bro. I just and I, the outfield is just fire. Period. Any fucking way. You know yeah, what I mean? But of course. But outfield. And the, the other song that I um equivalent to that to a certain degree, as far as like when I sampled it was um. Fleetwood Mac, you can go your own way. Oh, okay. Wow, you really know your rock. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, bro. I love, bro. I'm, I love rock and roll music, bro, from all different eras, bro. Like, one of my favorite songs of all time is um, uh, Elton John, Kiki D, uh, oh, Don't Go Break My Heart. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. So you're very musically inclined. So did that come from, like, a, like your parents, like, listening? Because like, obviously your parents came up during that time. Absolutely. I, my, my entire um, musical catalog belongs to my mother, my father, and my Aunt Shelly. Gotta, gotta give them the, you know what I mean? Um, they play, so they like so many different kinds of shit that it would, like the only reason I even know who Carlos Santana is to this day was from way back in the day when my daddy was listening to Carlos Santana when he was on his come up before he, before Maria Maria was like a big hit. 
And I, you know, I was too young to understand it and shit. Like yeah. Carlos Santana, he's a he, he's like a he's a he's a Latin yeah, star. Yeah, oh yeah, we know who Carlos Santana is. Come on, man. we know Santana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, you know, so I just that, that's who my musical um background starts from is from my parents and my aunt Shelly for sure. I never would have suspected, you know, hearing from you know your actual rhymes that you would be a big fan of rock music now. You see, this is why. I like when an artist does an interview because we would have never suspected that from you. I mean, it's, it's still a lot of people that probably don't even know that and won't know that until the interview, but it's the truth. You know, <laughs> I mean, anybody who know me know for real, for real. Like I, I used to, like if I play any of my like old earlier beats, I have a lot of rock samples, a lot of rock samples. You got to think that's why I did the uh, Gucci Godzilla joint on Gucci Goes Two. You know what I'm saying? That was a rock sample. Like you know what I'm saying? I love guitars. I love the the ability for a motherfucker to be able to get on there. If you ever try to play a guitar, you know that shit is no easy feat. Like you know what I mean? You yeah. get on a motherfucker <laughs> get on there and make that shit dance and all with his fingers and man, that shit's amazing, bro. It's a talent that got to be respected, like writing music, like a nigga who can rap good. Yeah, well, you. Not only that, like your marketing too, man, is undeniable. So I like how you brought up being a producer now too. Um, I remember you told the story a million times on every almost every interview you did that. You stole a copy of your man's uh, Fruity Loops. It was like the bootleg, bootleg of Fruity Loops in 2008. But your introduction wasn't until your, uh, this underground lane, until you produced for an artist named Duffelbag Hardy. Was that the first like introduction that you got into this underground? Absolutely. Um, I said, Duffelbag Hardy was on live. He said, send two, he said, send beats in. He was telling everybody, send two beats in. And I sent in two beats. One was named Super Hot. And the other was named, um, fuck, I can't remember the other name, the, the name of the other one. But it ain't both of them, and he ended up picking both of them. And I didn't know till my man Size Greeny, shot my nigga Size Greeny, uh, called my phone and was like, bro, go on, go on uh, Double Bag Live. He live right now. He playing your beat type shit or whatever. And I went on there, and he was on live. Like, I'm going to record this right now. <laughs> Bullshit. He like Benny. He like he like he like El Camino. El Camino was already standing by the mic. He like El Camino over here right now. Benny on his way. And so Benny came over, and I didn't. They you know they turned off the live. Obviously they didn't record the song on the live, but yeah. it ended up being on um, Duffel Bag Hotties Max Three. You know what I mean? And then the second one, the Super Hot Beat, ended up being Duffel Bag Hottie and Flea Lord on Max Three. Oh, so I got two production wow. credits on Max Three, and that's how I got my start. And so did you go by Impossible or did you go by like Mickey Diamonds or Diamond oh, Diamonds? Impossible. It was impossible. Anybody who ever got an impossible beat know that, that shit got the impossible impossible. And it's funny because the same person who did the tag that say diamond in my records is the same person who said impossible, and that's Mallory Knox. Oh, oh see, see, and look, look see, see, and this is what another thing I like about you and your wife. So like, yo, shout out to Mallory Knox, yo, Mallory Knox, man. You, you fine producer girl, man. So um Mallory Knox and Mickey Diamond right here. So with you guys now too, you know, Mickey and Mallory Knox, you guys ever heard the Natural Born Killers movie? Um, now, yeah. so was this name, was like her name kind of inspired from you picking Mickey? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because when I met her, she didn't produce or make beats or nothing. But what I will say is this. We got together. Um, I, we ended up moving in. Well, I moved in with her probably like six months in, and uh, I had my computer and shit like that or whatever. And I'd be making beats, and she'd be sitting on the couch, and she'd be like, "You should sample this. You ever heard this song? You ever heard that song?" I'd be like, "Hell no!" Nah. <laughs> she was sitting, no funny shit. She would sit on her phone and do the one thing that I hate doing the most, and that's searching for samples. Mm. Because my music knowledge is so vast and wide on rap and other genres alike, I can hear a sample and instantly tell who sampled that shit. I've heard this sample before. I know you get what I mean. She doesn't listen to none of that shit, so she finding me samples and parts. She not playing on. She'll just play this part, and then I'll listen to the rest of the song. And be like, oh, such and such sampled this, but they only sampled the beginning part of this. You know, this is a whole different part if you don't listen to the song long enough or whatever. Yeah. And after a while, I just, she, I just told her, like, you should start producing. Do, yeah, because you got the fucking ear. Like, you got the ear like a motherfucker. Like, wait wait till people hear the fucking beat she produced on this new project that I'm going to do. Oh, yeah, dude. 
Oh, but hey, man, this shit's so retarded, bro. So when you know when you guys were making uh, Bangkok Dangerous, it was kind of spurred a moment, and you were making edits like the very last minute now too. But I was curious, like the name Bangkok Dangerous, like did that just like was like a name that you named a beat, or like is there a deeper meaning behind Bangkok Dangerous? So it was actually was the name that I named the beat, and the reason the album ended up becoming called Bangkok Dangerous is because. <coughs> There's a movie called Bangkok Games. Not the Nicolas Cage one. The original one, like a Korean fifth. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, and so the very so I already had the album done. It was five songs. It was supposed to be just a five. Because remember, this was like 2020. This is what everybody was doing. Kanye and them had did the five song EP. So everybody was just doing five <laughs> songs. So Snotty was just like, bro, we're gonna pick your, your best five songs that you got at the time, whatever. And then I'm very big on intros. I don't know if you pay attention to my but my intro has to be dope. It got to set off the album. And so I made a beat myself. Because the rest of the album was produced by everybody else. That Snotty, Hobgoblin, you know, Digitally, other people. And I'm like, well, I produce too. You know, this is how I came in and got, got started. So I'm like, well, fuck it, I made a beat. I'm going through beats. I'm going through samples and shit. And I ended up running across it. La, 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 la. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't know you would sample that. Yeah, at that time nobody had sampled that, and so I, um, you know how I know when I run across samples that nobody sampled because they end up on who sampled. Like you can type in, <laughs> yeah, who sampled, and it was showing like the the date and the exact time it came out. Yeah, and so that I named that beat Bangkok Dangerous because it sounded like some like I was watching Raid. Remember, remember the Raid, the movie, the Raid, Raid One, Raid, Raid One and Two. I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen those. Oh man, watch the raid, bro. It's called the raid. The raid one, and then it's the raid two. I'm gonna write watch that the, the illest martial arts Korean films you have. Fuck, bro. But I was watching that shit while I was making a beat, and I named it Bangkok Dangerous. Even though Bangkok Dangerous was a whole different movie, and that name was so dope that I just said, "Fuck it." That's the name of the album, and kind of went off that. And when when I got the feedback that I got from the first project, I just kind of was like, "Shit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a series." I'm, you know what I mean? <laughs> Make the trilogy. Well, Bangkok Dreadlands is kind of the forefront, but it's I know what you mean by like the trilogy like that because like I honestly thought it was inspired by the Nicolas Cage movie now because right. oh, we can't inspired hear. You, by, inspired by the original that the Nicolas Cage movie was the American Americanized version of. Oh, I need to go watch the original to this because I seen the one of Nicolas Cage. Yeah, no, the, the original one is fire, bro. Korean Korean films, bro. You gotta read subtitles, but they be fucking. Yeah, see, that's what, that's what's a kind of a turnoff, man. Because it's like I don't want to like watch the movie and I'll be looking at the subtitles, I'll be missing out on the action. But it's just you know that's what happened when other people put you up on shit, bro. You ever seen this? I didn't just stumble across. You know, my man put me. You ever seen this, bro? Like, no, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a movie called I Saw the Devil. It's a Korean film. Watch that shit. Man, okay. I'm going to write that one down. Hang on. What's it called again? I Saw the Devil. I Saw the Devil. Okay. I come back a different person. I'm like, yo, what the hell did you make me want? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> they, they different, bro. It's good-ass movies. You know what I mean? Like, even if you don't watch the subtitle and you just watch the movie, you can understand what's going on. Like, okay. You know. Man, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna check Tubi for that, man. Yeah, hopefully Tubi has this. Yo, shout out to my guys at Tubi. Right. Tubi, cut the check. Tubi, y'all, y'all might have it, and we don't. You know, we get different shit because we hear y'all there. Oh yeah, Canadian, man. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, um, I was curious now too because, man, I I grew up in a time where you know LimeWire was a thing now too, and like after a while, like you know. We got Apple Music title, but we still have these bootleg sites. And I remember somebody sent me, they're like, yo, uh, check this guy, Mickey Diamonds out of Bangkok. They do, and it was on a fucking bootleg site. I was like, man, I, I'm, a, I'm already on this guy on Apple Music. But like, when you see your music on bootleg sites, what does that, like, what's that feeling like that? Like, no one, like, is that pop? Because you got to be popping for that. Yeah, no. And so, so it, it started off as like, it used to upset me, but I always understood the magnitude of, what's going on you get what i mean and the beauty about my music is this this is the one thing that a lot of people just can't grasp about why my music is doing what it does it's because even in me making money from my music 
if you are a fan of my music, depending on what level, my money make my music makes you money too. Yeah, yeah, because they change. Yeah, because I'm telling you, man, your vinyls it's different in Canadian, but with vinyl, I'd be trying to find like you know a copy of Osaki or you know Bangkok Dangerous Three, three fifty or like four fifty, and it's like yo, this is insane. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it's come to. You know what I mean? And it's a difference when you got the the the, the thing I love the most about my my supporters is that they know that they're buying good music. It's not just some dope artwork in this. Yeah. They, well, you know what I mean? Like they're a part of something that's gonna be bigger eventually, and they get to say that they got it first with all the shit that's gonna matter as I continue to grow. And, and you know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody, two hundred and fifty copies were pressed total of Bangkok Dangerous One and Two, the original cover. So one hundred, there's one hundred and twenty-five copies in the world of just the original Bangkok, of Bangkok Dangerous One and Bangkok Dangerous Two. Each 125, 125. And you see, see what I mean? You can see the growth now too, because as you grow, the demand for the copies was going higher and higher. Because as we see, like with three adrenaline and Port of Good, it's like, damn. So it's a grind though, but but you went crazy in 2020. That's how I found you in 20. I'm like, yo, dude, I I was pissed off at myself because I never heard of you earlier. I was like, damn, man, yo, I should have been on this guy from the start, but you know, when you hear a Mickey Diamond's project, you know you're gonna get good quality now too. And like even like like these legends be reaching out to you. Like I heard like fucking Ghostface Killer got a hold of you. Yeah, it was some light shit, but he spoke or whatever the case may be. And most recently, uh Method Man reached out to me, you know what I mean? Mickey Diamonds. If y'all ain't up on Mickey, man, Mickey get busy, man. Love Mickey. Oh my god. Think about that is when so I saw that at like two o'clock in the morning, bro, just sitting with me and Mal on the couch, bro. Like we was watching TV smoke rolling up just on the couch. Somebody sent me that. I didn't see that. I didn't know that existed. If they wouldn't have sent me that, I would have never known. So I had no direct contact with, with Method Man before that. I didn't even know he knew who I was. He went on Kevin Hart podcast and said that and that shit was like I was so hyped, bro. I turned you 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 what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? But more, but more recently he um hit me direct and, you know, left me a video message and said, you know, let's work. And that shit means so much to me. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's courtesy of, um, RJ Payne. RJ Payne reached out to me, uh, a couple of, I want to say maybe like a couple of months ago, me and him talked and everything like that. And I had already had met the man already shouted me out. He was like, Oh, word, met, met my man. I'm gonna connect the dots. And so, you know, there we are. See, and then, like, that's what I like it, to hear about artists not being jealous of you because not only you're a threat with the pen now, too, but they want to see you succeed. They're like, you know, I want to see you work with meth. So, you know, when you're coming up like that now, too, obviously you had your idols and stuff like that, too. But was like, who was your favorite Wu Tang member? Ghostface Killers and Raekwon. They both equally my, my favorite. <laughs> but if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, Ray don't kill me, bro. I'm gonna go with Ghost. <laughs> no, don't kill him, guys. Come on, yeah, that's hard. Uh, going with Ghost, though, hands down, only because I relate to him more with the, with. The, but they both vivid, like you know what I'm saying. Like they both super vivid. They both my. That's why I don't put one above the other. But Ghost is just supreme clientele. Uh, uh, bulletproof wallets. Um, that's why I did the bulletproof bathrobes was to show you know what I mean that to pay a homage type of so to speak. You know what I mean? I just took it a step further. You know what I mean? That's why I even had the big gun for the to, to represent the Bobby Digital ad. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna say because I was like that was like a Wu Tang type of like homage toward you because I always wondered. I was like, okay, bulletproof wallets, and then he has like Bobby Digital then too with the comic book because I think RZA did the comic book as well. well. I didn't know RZA ever did a comic book. When I came up with the comic book, it was simply because I grew up. I used to buy comics. I used to have the, the collector's cards. You know what I mean? When everybody had the Marvel cards and DC cards. Oh, and the tops, yes, sir. And Pogs and all of that. You know what I mean? Like, I uh, I was, I grew up big on all that shit, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so, I always wanted to do a comic book. Spawn is one of my favorite comic books of all time. Ah, oh, man. You know what I mean? So, I, when I saw the opportunity to do so and to take an album and make it something bigger than what it could have just been if I would have just let it be the music. 
You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, what three things I always wanted to do because I always fucked with when I was a kid. Comic books, toys, trading cards. You know what I mean? Ah, okay. We're getting to those trading cards in a bit because I heard you did this interview and I was like, this guy would have been like my best friend in the 90s, man, if we came up together. So, yo, and yo, Mickey Diamonds, yo, I heard that you had five different holographic regular Charizard cards back in the day. Bro, I did, bro. Between me and my cousin, I did. <laughs> we, I told the story a million times, bro. We did some slippery shit to get some money. And it was very bad, and, and I'm ultra regretful, but we did some bullshit to get some money, and the first thing we did was go to KB Toys, bro, and we bought... So many packs of Pokemon cards that we had. Anything that was the hot from the I'm talking about from the original first 150 run. Yeah, it's the, you know what I mean. This is from the first original 150 run. Whatever was a major Pokemon that you was thinking of, we had fucking three, three or four. Look, three or four Charizard, three or four Blastoise, three or four War Turtles, right? Look, two or three Ride Shoes, fucking Gyaradosin. Fucking uh uh Mewtwo's look, we got a Mew, we got a Mew holographic a piece. Like, you know what I mean? We got Mewtwo's and then we got Mew. Like, you know, I know my shit. Like, bro, like we got trainer cards. We got we had bro, we we was bought, we was on that shit, bro. I had a whole booklet, bro. Was the and the booklet that I had the collector's case to keep them in was a it was yellow with, with Pikachu with the Pikachu blemish marks on the side. You this, this is the like 1990, like nine, like yeah. two thousand latest. Like, you get what I'm saying? And I stole that shit out of Northland Mall. Yeah. Anybody out of Target. It was a Target connected to Northland Mall. And I stole that shit out of there, bro. And a baby blue North Carolina starter jacket that was reversible. And my the inside, the, the outside one had a rip in the pocket. Oh, so put it right off. in there and they wouldn't even know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Well, I got a friend now too. I did my slippery shit for some Pokemon cards too back in the day. But that's like, you know, when you're a kid, man, you know, that's like, that was it back then now too. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. Game Boys and Game Gears. Oh, man. man. Come on, bro. Saturday morning cartoons. So, 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 this is what I do. Going to the movies, going skating, arcade machines. You know what I mean? Like, the fun shit, bro. Like, times ain't what it was when we was growing and like what what I like about you now too, like we both have the same video game system for everyone looking right here. This ain't a game right here. This is just you know Mickey Diamond's album. But you can see how much he loves his video games because the Super Nintendo right here, man. The Super Nintendo, man, that was probably one of the greatest fucking systems ever. And I like how you pay homage to that. Bro, and you know why I pay homage to it so much is because I didn't have one. So this this is how they used to do. Look, look, right here. Look, this this my little brother shit. Oh shit. Okay, you got the mini one. Yeah, you feel me? Like when I was growing up, I had a Sega. And so my mom, so my my mom's sister had two two sons. It was my cousins. We grew up together. Like dude, my cousin Corey and my cousin Damien. Me and Damien is like nine months apart. My cousin Corey, like four years older than us. So when Christmas would come, if it was the systems would come, you know, they all used to compete back in the day. Yeah. So whenever systems that if one got the one, the other got the other, and the other got the other. We basically had them all because we always was together. Yeah. But because your system is your system, you pretty much dictate what games you gonna get for it because it's your shit. You know what I mean? And then we would go and rent movies from Blockbuster and oh, you know shit like that or whatever. But um, but yeah, bro. So I had a Sega, and my cousin uh Corey had a Super Nintendo. Me and my cousin Damian both had a Sega. And my cousin Corey had a Super Nintendo, but he didn't play the game that we like to play. He was more into like shit like R Type 3 and oh. you know, yeah, you know, like different shit. Like he was the first, he was the only nigga I know in my life that actually had a, a 32X and a Sega Saturn. Oh shit, yeah, no one had a Sega Saturn back then. <laughs> this nigga had a Sega Saturn, bro. We used to play Virtual Cop 2 on that was gonna say, Virtual Fighter. Yeah, bro, Virtual Fighter 2, he had Virtual Fighter 1, 2, he had Virtual Cop 2 with the Thank actual line. All kind of shit, bro. Like, well, yeah, so I just kind of grew up in that era, but I pay homage to... The only reason I did the Super Nintendo, because I originally would have did Sega, because Sega is really my shit, but the car, but the, the CD doesn't... You know, it's the, the, the CD is more of in the shape of how a, the box... Yeah, of, yeah, you need the length on it to make it... You know what I mean? So I just went with that. 
the Super but, Nintendo one is kind of is like a CD. You just like cut it a bit though. Exactly. So if I could, I would have did Sega, but that's why I did Super Nintendo. Oh, man. But yeah, see, but see, this is what I like because you know you can gain fans that you know that would probably find you from, you know, they're like they'll look online, they're like, oh, this guy has a sh- uh, Shredder album named Oroku Saki, and then like it'll bring you to that. So like, do you have like a lot of like I don't want to call them. I'm sorry, you are probably a fan, y'all out there, but yeah, I'm a nerd too. But you got a lot of nerd fans. Um, you know what? So yeah, I would say yeah, bro. I got a lot of nerd fans. I got a lot of regular street niggas. I, you know what, bro? I, because I cater to both sides. You, that's for you. I'm universal. You know what I mean? Because that's that's my walk of life. Like him right here, bro. My brother, back nice, bro. He's the same exact nigga that I'm that you're talking about with me, bro. Why do you think it's a Super Nintendo with his shit? You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> he, got he got a katana blade right there. Oh shit! You you, like, but we like it's it's it, it's a different. We we fuck with what we fuck with. Niggas is is abstract, bro. We never been boxed in, and that's why we family. That's why that's my little brother. You get what I'm saying? We share the same. We different, but when you do the over, we the same. We share the same likenesses and things of that nature. You can't get you can't you can't get along with people that you don't got the same views and values. That's true. Yeah, because it's all mesh together. Like even like what I like about your like career now too. You're very like. With the umbrella, you guys always show each other like the most utmost support within a group. Because sometimes when we see a collective, they won't really support the other members as much as they do. But you guys support everybody equally. But you know, I didn't really ask you this in interview now too. But could you take us back to when, like, how Toy and Bishop got you down with umbrella? Yeah, I did the duffel bag hottie joint. I did two joints on the duffel bag hottie shit, and um. Bishop had hit me. But before I even did that, I did it. I had produced a joint for um Size Greeny. The first joint I really ever put out, like to the on, on the internet, was a joint called Forrest Green with Size Greeny. And I did the beat for that. And um he had just dropped the album that was produced by or getting ready. Either he had already dropped it or was about to drop the album that was produced by NV, who produced who used who produced for uh, Fast Life in uh Manhattan at one point in time or whatever. And so we did we drop that first, and I did the max, the max uh three shit, and Bishop hit me and just was like, you know, he brought me on as a a, a producer at first, and I used to, I was, you know, it was like a Kanye situation almost, like what niggas wasn't being assholes and nothing, but the rappers there was already there. Like the first day I joined, um, Pro was recording the song This Heart on um ah okay two five. Yeah. And he put it he put it in the group chat. So you know what I mean to share, like let you know what I mean? Because that's what we do. We talk, look what I'm working on, woo, 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 X, Y, and Z. And um he that, that was my first day, and I was hyped. Like, I'm I'm gonna get some beats to this nigga. And I could never get no beats to that nigga. I could never get no beats to that nigga. And it was like that for a minute, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, they was fucking with, and then you know, I was I was kind of like conflicted between being a rapper and a producer because I do equally, I do them both equally as good. Like I'm a very good producer. I'm just as good as a producer as I'm a rapper. And and have a lot of shit, a lot of shit that niggas done sample, I sampled so long ago, and I and I and I'm not trying to sound cocky. I'm gonna get I would you can get this nigga, you can go listen to certain shit and just you would know I ain't gotta say what samples. And if I play them, I, I still got them and they I can Snapchat them or be able to take a screenshot or whatever to show the dates when I made them, but a lot of them I did them better, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? A lot of beats. I'm not gonna lie, bro. A lot of shit that niggas just sample, bro. I sampled it before you even, you know what I mean? Because we grew up, I'm not saying all niggas, I'm just being funny, but you know. But a lot of these niggas who done sample certain shit that's considered, I did it before you, and I did it better. I just didn't have the confidence to put my shit out to the world like that. But not even the confidence to put my shit out to the world. I, I was so productive. Like the way I make, the way I drop songs, drop albums, I used to make beats like that. I used to make fucking six, seven beats a day. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about hours, countless hours. I got bad eyes from sitting at the computer so much. You know what I'm saying? Even still to this day, because I because I record myself and do all my own little, you know what I mean, edits and shit like that or whatever. Whether somebody else mix it or I mix it myself, because I mix a lot of my own shit. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, hell yeah, I mixed I mixed everything up until uh, no look before twelve. Ah oh, man, that so so I like how you brought that up now too, 
because that is probably my most favorite album by you because you show a lot of yourself within that album. Like, like yes, you do have like albums where you Dutch, but but I think that No Liquor Before 12 is like your most introspective album now too. Because not only we get to know you as a person now too, but like you're not afraid to, to say, it's like, hey, I struggled with this before. And I think that's what brings a lot of people towards your music is when they hear that album because they can relate to something like that. It's like, damn, this guy's just like me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, bro. And um, I just felt like at the point in time, what I was what I was going through in my life, everything got a happy medium. So you could be doing great and still have bad shit going on within your life, and it's you know only a fool could ignore it when you when it when it really if it really means something to you. And so you know that album was kind of just me being vulnerable at that point, like. I don't want to try to rap about this, that, and the third when that's not how I'm feeling right now, just to, just for the sake of making music. I want to be able to capture what is going on in my daily activities. Like how I said on at the end of um no at the end of my verse on No Loitering with me and Pro. Back and forth to the liquor store, how my nights go. You know what I'm saying? It's not a lie. You know what I'm saying? And I have my struggles with it. I'm still to this day right now. Struggling with it. I'm, I'm, you feel me? I've already been drinking right now at, at this current moment. It is what it is. But I think for that time when I did it, it was so much going on. And I'm hearing about it and I never really paid attention to it as much. And then it all just came out picture perfect. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just for me. It was just for the people around me. I, I know a lot of addicts. Whether you know, what I mean, we and, and I wouldn't say addicts in the sense of how a person might think, like, oh, uh, well, yeah, I know what you mean, like they struggle with it, it's like for, for the escape reality. I know, no, what you know, struggling with it. See, here's the thing with the struggle with it, and the, the reason why I love the fact that I made that album. Everybody struggles with something, you don't have to be addicted to a substance to struggle with something. Some people just struggle with mental health and don't drink at all. Yeah. You know what I'm mean? saying? The point of that was. I know people who are, I have, I'm, I'm cool with a lot of fun, highly functional addicts, myself being one. You get what I mean? I don't have to drink, but if it's up to me, yeah. I'm going to have to drink, whether it's this big or this big. It doesn't matter to me. It depends on how the night goes. But you get what I'm saying? I'm not the only one like that. And I know a lot of my peers and so forth within the industry and in just in real life. And to family members, to my bloodlines, when I pay attention to shit that you never see. When I grew up having a beer and, you know what I mean? That shit was cool. And in the early night, nobody was like, you know what I mean? You had to be like really fucked up. Like a drunk, like an alcoholic, like a, you know what I'm saying? Damn near a bum, like with. Yeah, on the corner, uh, like begging for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, 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 but when you realize that the average person is a, Alcoholic system sort. Even that's why bars are open during the week to, weekday at eleven and twelve in the morning. You know what I mean? They're not living and sustaining and opening and holding a company open because nobody's coming there. And those people and people who can afford to go to a bar probably got money because bar drinks is expensive as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yo, for real though. Oh, you talking about a, a world full of highly functional addicts? No matter whether you want pills, liquor, whatever, whatever yo, you know what I mean? And that's what No Liquor Before 12 was, is just, you know, me saying, damn, it's too early to drink. At least have some type of decency and respect yeah. yourself in the sense of regardless of what you got going on. You know, you're relying on this shit a little too hard, my nigga. Dial it back. And that's where it came from. And I think now, too, now, like when you look back at that album now, too, it would always remind you of what you're capable of now, too, because obviously, because obviously, you get to quit drinking at some point in your life, but you know, everyone's just not ready at that because sometimes it's, you can't just do it all cold Turkey. It takes steps. It does. It does. It does. And the thing like within this past year, what I've learned, cause I stopped drinking for about, I'm gonna say about six and a half, seven months. Wow. And I recently started back drinking. I'm gonna say like, maybe like late March, early April, right before I went to Boston to go do the Harvard thing. And down there, um, I had been drinking, the night before, then I was drinking on the plane. like, And I just kind of, you know, I, that was like some party shit because I was going out of town. But when we got to Harvard and we after we did the Harvard shit, 
And I, I'm all, this is all off no sleep, pretty much. You know what I mean? And we did the Harvard shit, and um, afterwards, everybody was drinking. We were drinking beers, and then we went to the studio, and it's more beers, and weed. <laughs> Now, you know what I mean, bro? Just like it took me like maybe like two days when I got home for my body to recoup. Like I got home and I see I was still up from the adrenaline when I got home that yeah. Sunday. Tuesday, it was like I'm tired. Like God damn, you feel what I'm saying? And you know, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have a shot today. Boom, and start off as one. You know what I mean? And it's a and it's a back build up. And I've probably been back drinking again for like three months now. But um, lately I've been. I'm about to stop again because I can see, you know, I get how I get. You know when to control it because, like, a lot of people, they don't know how to control their addiction now, too. So I'll never, I'll never let it control me to a point where it takes over. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's it's really it's really just a habit at this point. It's not necessarily something like, that sticks me or helps me. It's just you know I drink. It's, you know like, having, I mean? it's like having a cigarette. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Unfortunately, because I hate these motherfuckers too. Yeah, you and me both, man. Like, God, I hate that shit. Um, but with you, uh, actually now too, you're an artist. Now, a lot of people call themselves an artist, but what I like to consider somebody an artist is if you can pull off a concept album. You did that like more than twice. I think you did that like at least like three or five times. But this... A lot of people always ask you because this is how they probably found you now too. But me being Canadian, yo, I had to ask this. So you went to Big Ghost in a DM like a year before Gucci Ghost came out and you were like, I would love to work with you one day. And it went unseen for a year. So when he he finally hits you back, like, you know, like, yo, let's get this in. But like, um, was Gucci Ghost came from the inspiration from the Canadian snowboarder whose alter ego was Gucci Ghost? No, Gucci Ghost actually came from, but that's fire. See, I didn't know that. Ah. See, I didn't know that. Gucci Ghost came from the concept of, I saw, so well before, now he's well known, but when Trevor Andrew was on the low end, when he was just coming up and shit, skateboarding, doing graffiti, when he, 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 he was spray painting his... Uh, around New York City, uh, these, like, he would do, like, Gucci Ghost, you know what I mean? His little spray paint shit or whatever. Um, and he ended up, I like, see, this is something people don't know about me, too. I like skateboarders. I like skateboarding a lot. I used to skateboard a little bit. I, was, I wasn't nothing too crazy, but I've always been addicted with, like, I love skateboarding. I love skateboarding culture. I, I, I can a, watch I a song called Tony Hawk, people. Come on, look it up, y'all. Yeah, yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Fucking, um, uh, um, uh, what what's the other little kid there? I remember when he first came out, I used to be on him. But I, uh, I Terry Kennedy, a bunch of people. You know what I mean? I, I, I there's a lot of dope skateboarders throughout the years that, and so, uh, um, fuck, I lost my train of thought talking about the skateboarding shit. Yeah, yeah, what was the, Gucci Ghost. Oh yeah, the Gucci Ghost. Yes, yeah, so I didn't know um, it was about him. But long story short, um, it came from Trevor Andrew. He's skateboarding and shit like that, whatever, and do the, do his graffiti shit, the Gucci Ghost shit. He'd do. Uh, Washing machine, washing machine sitting on the side of the road. He might do, you know what I mean? He just did it kind of all on everything. It was dope. And um, he named his brand Gucci Ghost. But, you know, I found that I found a way to flip it with the Gucci family themselves yeah. when you get to Yeah, not, not even the Gucci movie. Just when you just started, you know what I mean? I started looking up Gucci, and I'm looking up Gucci Ghost and X, Y, and Z. And um you know, you start running across your different shit or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to dig into the Gucci family because the Gucci family story itself is more interesting and not no, no slight to Trevor Andrew, who is also an interesting person. But the Gucci story, the Gucci family story itself is way interesting. You know what I mean? So, and each one of the brothers, daughters, you know, I mean, you know, the wife, the, 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 the main, everybody got their story, so to speak. And I figured I would take that as an opportunity to break that up into albums and each one. So, so you know what I mean? B, that's why you got Apollo's Ghost. Yeah, because I was going to say, because like, it even references some of the family members. Yeah, all those interludes. Uh, you know what I mean? Even the uh, beginning. I don't know what they're saying in the beginning, but I think it's like when one of them got shot because they were saying, like, 
Mauricio, Mauricio Gucci, the son, the, the 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 main the son, the main one who was running the company with him and his wife and shit. She had him. She didn't shoot him. She had somebody shoot him though. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's what fate. That's what power and money does. Sometimes people get a little bit too jealous. Oh man. So um, oh, but whatever. But yeah, we won't take up much more of your time now, too. But like, you know, being an artist of your caliber now, too, now, too, man, like. I can see why a lot of artists, you know, will take offense to you because you actually doing what they want to do. And honestly, I don't care if dude sees this. But, yo, I know you want to be my guy, Mickey Diamond. So, yo, this is why we call him Trendsetter Diamond. So, yo, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yo, stop ripping off my guy right here right now because I see you right there. And I swear to God, man, I'm going to start saying something right now because I don't like when somebody bites off somebody so hard. But, yeah, I'm going to get off this real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm missing a piece of my arm, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Uh, fuck, man. <laughs> we won't get into that. I just have to, I just have to let the people know. I, I'll say right now. Stop ripping oh, off my guy. Even if you feel me, that's one of them. <laughs> you know, if it apply, let it. If it don't apply, let it fly. Yeah. You know, so, that's you know what I mean. You know, I ain't on that, but you feel me? I can't help other people's opinions with other people see other people doing. Cause I don't watch nobody, bro. I know that because you focus because I think that it would kind of affect like the arts because like you're you're continuing this role from 2020 to 2023 like yo Mickey Dime is gonna be on the end of the end of the year list again like so I was curious because you pumped out these Gucci ghosts like literally one week and then out of nowhere you like fucked us all up with this sec but you know what what's also rare about you Mickey Diamonds you are the first artist. Have big ghosts do that to you? I know, right? And I planned it like that. And I planned it like that, bro. See, when I do things, bro, I plan for them to make some type of mark so that it could mean something, bro. I don't make music for it not to mean nothing. That's why every project and every move I seem to do for some reason feel like something. People continuously support and I appreciate them to death because they feel what I feel. You can, you, some people you can look at and it's like, oh, another project coming, but it don't feel different. It just feel like more music from you. You're just talking on this record. Yeah. I mean, even if you really, if it, even if it's a good record, does it feel different from the last record? It's cool if you do that shit a couple albums, but how many times do people want to hear you saying the exact same shit in the exact same way for whatever? And that applies to nobody. It's just something I never wanted to do based on artists that I grew up listening to. And you'd be like, yo, what happened to such and such? I never want to be a nigga like, what happened to such and such? Remember that nigga, he used to drop fire shit. What happened to him? Now I don't want to be. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? I want to I want to be a nigga who consistently, I want to be like, like rock years to the game 10 years from now. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, I don't even, I drop an album when I feel like it. I don't link with the best producers and rap with the best rappers. I don't been on these stages. I got, you feel me? Woo, woo, woo. Call me out when you need me and I'm there. But other than that, I'm going to cut doing some other shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to be on. But like, see, that's what I like about you because like you got albums that I can go back to and it takes me back to like, like the Roku, like I know a lot of people may like say Gucci goes their favorite, but my personal favorite is a Roku Saki because that teenage minute. It, it, all of, out of all the projects, though, out of all my projects, Roku Saki is your favorite. Yes, sir. That's crazy. Did you see the picture I posted with uh with Kevin Eastman? Oh, the co-creator of it. I was like, I was like, yo, even this guy knows fucking Mickey Diamonds. Well, the, so so there's a guy who's who follows me and um. Pardon me for not remembering your name right now, but you know who you are, and I thank you for it. He went to a, a convention and he took the album oh. there for him to autograph. So he, so he got the autographed version of of the, the yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And and he hit me. I for, fuck, I can't remember his name right now. But but thank you again, bro. And yeah, he sent me that picture, bro. And was like, I'm a. He was like, you can post it first, and I'm gonna post it, but. That's you know what I mean. Like that's the second time that shit that happened to me, bro. When I posted the picture, I don't know if people remember when I posted the picture of the guy who took Sting versus Flair and ninety Flair to the oh, Flair no, convention. Yo, what? 
Yeah, Rick Flair signed. He got two copies. Uh, he got a copy of Rick, uh, uh, Flair for the gold, and a copy of Sting versus Flair autographed by Rick Flair. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that like name Steve Brown. Make him an offer. He ain't gonna sell it though. I was just gonna say. I was like, I hope to God he don't be selling that for the value because that value is gonna go like, yo, I want a thousand bucks for this because it's signed by Rick Flair. I was like, motherfucker, we don't got that. Fuck, no, he ain't selling that shit. But, like, even, like, with your, like, copies, like, you know, like, that's, like, pop culture at its finest now, too, because, like, it shows the era that you grew up in now, too, and that's what I like about your career now, too, because you also can do, like, an album with, like, Sadu Gold called, like, Death Threats, and, like, yo, the stalker shit on that, man? Yo, man, like, that shit is genius, man. That, like, I was like, yo, how does this guy come up with this shit? <laughs> bro, I, you know what, bro? It's funny, bro. I'm, I don't know, bro. I don't know how to say it, bro. The interview where it's gonna sound not. I don't know. I'm out my shit sometimes, bro. Sometimes I just be like, bro. I just be thinking the shit, bro. I'm able. You know what it is? I got a, I got a, uh, uh, insatiable appetite as far as dedication when it comes to commit to an idea. Okay. You get what I mean? So when it's time to like, you know how like motherfuckers be like, I should do such and such and such and such, and everybody in the room start laughing. You like, ha ha ha, because it was a joke, but it sounded like some shit that a motherfucker could have really did. Yeah, I have the means, the mentally, to that idea and see it through because the more difficult it sounds, the more you gonna rise to the occasion and wanna actually make sure. Plan. I gotta when I make these dates and slots and all of this shit because of how far ahead you gotta work and stuff. You gotta, you know, I gotta commit to these dates, so I gotta make sure I'm not putting out nothing that's whack. I'm not oh, giving yeah. you, nothing. of course not. I'm not giving you nothing that's whack. So at the end of the day, I don't have no time for the fuck ups. You know what I mean? And that's what makes me commit to an idea. Once I say, once I pick it, and I say that's that, that's that. I don't want to switch up. I don't got time to switch up. I have to plan my life six months in advance. Damn, yeah, because I noticed, like, even like, I notice a lot of people that comment on anything, like, yo, Mickey Diamond would like to get you on there on the interview. But, like, a lot of people, they get discouraged when you leave them on scene. But, like, a lot of people have to understand if y'all watching this, don't take it personal because sometimes you don't know what that person has going on. People have families, people have jobs, people have uh, commitments. Like, what you just said, the dates have to go to. So, yo, Mickey Diamond, I just wanted to let you know it up. We've been trying to get you on for a long time. I've never took it personal. No, no, I apologize, and I appreciate you for letting me on, bro. This was one of more of my favorable interviews. Like, I like I like how you conduct. I watched a couple of you, but I like how you conduct yourself, bro. I'm saying, where and, you watch that? Can you make a dog actually watch? Oh, shit. I mean, it's the world, man. <laughs> my dog, bro. I appreciate you. But, yo, Mickey Diamonds, dog. I got two more questions for you, and I'll let you go, my G. So, you know, you be big on, you know, Ninja Scroll and like a few animes that I heard, man. I was gonna say, do you like Dragon Ball GT? Because I heard that you had the Dragon Ball GT Final Bout video game, the bootleg, bootleg. Yeah, so yeah, I do like Dragon Ball GT. I didn't make it all the way through the series episode by episode when I was younger, but I watched majority of the shit. And hell yeah, Super Sixteen was crazy. Oh man, <laughs> yes sir. How can you? Super Sixteen was crazy. That day was crazy. Super Seventeen. Super 17, yeah, Super 17. Super 17 was crazy, bro. He was, what? You feel me? Then they got all the Dragon Balls and wished everybody that ever was dead back from hell. The yeah, company had sell. They had Super Saiyan level four on there, bro, with the red fur. Like, yeah, I really stop. didn't like that form of them, but I thought, but it was like, holy fuck, we got Super Saiyan four? They had the golden gorilla, golden baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember oh, that. Yeah, he, he had some parts in it that was fire. Even Goku being back a kid again was fire. Yeah, yeah. Cause we got to see like a different. It was like the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, it, that's what it felt like. That's what they was trying to do. Bring it back to that. You feel that me? But, yeah. Keep because you got to think. Even Trunks was a kid, and Gotix was on there. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to rewatch GT because I remember. The Shenron saga now too. We had like the Black Star Dragon Balls going through his. Ch yo, man, yeah. yo, before that, Vegeta had to use a fucking machine to go Super Saiyan Four, y'all. Saiyan Four, yeah, exactly, bro. Like that Dragon Ball, there Akira Toriyama was so intricate with the details and plot twists and everything 
as far as Dragon Ball went, especially for its originality, and especially for the times, because the fucking Dragon Ball started in 85. So yeah. to keep that make that, you know what I mean? And it's so cold yeah, at this point. You know, and they still making brand new movies about it and shit, you know what I mean? And, and brand new video games and oh, yeah. he's he's too he's too Akira Toriyama was too genius for this shit, bro. It's to the point where he I I, don't, I damn near don't know other anything else that he really got other than the Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you don't know Sandland. Never heard of Sandland. Yeah, it's it's not for everybody. What it what, what it's the anime. Yeah, it's anime. He he did it like in between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT. I mean Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, you know how it be when when you hooked when you like some shit or you you know the Dragon Ball. I have to go check it out, but I I died. like it's hard for me to just to find animes that I really 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 like. You know what I mean? Like the last anime that I was really into, and it's been a minute, but the last anime I was really into was Attack on Titan. I oh, really wow. Okay, did you see the finale of it? I haven't watched the last season yet. Okay, but. okay, I'm not gonna say now. Yo, you gotta watch the last season. Oh yeah, yeah. No matter, matter of fact, I think I did. Yeah, when they find out that Aaron turned on everybody. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was some bullshit, bro. That was. <laughs> I turned that, that shit off. I'm like, fuck this, yo. I'm done. Yeah, bro. But you know, I, they 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 actually finna start a new one of those. It's like a, they finna start like an additional. Like something, they finna pick it back up. Keep like the essence of like how it was, because like you know when somebody does like the continuation, it doesn't really like hit the same as the original. Yeah, that's like how they did. Um, didn't they do a continuation of um of Death Note? Yeah, yeah, they did, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, Death Note was my favorite. Yo, but when they did the continuation, it just wasn't hidden. Once they killed I, off, it was done. Bro, I love that's one. That's one anime. I love Death Note, bro. The anime, bro, from beginning to end, bro, that was some crazy shit, bro. That book, yo, he just got a yo, and L, yo, that was crazy. It took, he went from being good, light went from being good to evil, and you and you went with him and built, when he killed the lady cop who, who husband oh. committed suicide. Remember he made her husband commit suicide? Like, yo, and this guy's fucking getting too evil right now for me, yo. Yeah, bro, like, you was, because you know what it was? It made you feel like his choices was your choice, because you was thinking like him, what would you do? Because so, state exactly. Because I remember watching that. I'm like, man, I would have killed this person. He just writes the name. I'm like, yo, 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 yo. Yeah, bro. Death Note was fucking crazy, bro. That I, I fuck with Death Note super heavy, bro. Man, that's like uh so me and Vega had our barn, man, we brought up Death Note, and we just went on for hours. He's like, yo, hell, man. So yo, yeah, this is even more crazy than Mickey Diamonds like Death Note. Yo, we yo, this is a monumental interview right here. Yo, so yo, Mickey Diamonds right here. This is the last question before I let you go. Can we expect like a like a Ninja Scroll or like a Dragon Ball Z concept album from you in the future? Have you ever thought about something like that? So I wouldn't say Ninja Scroll or Dragon Ball Z, but what I will say is you can expect that us us anime or nerds will recognize. I, I was it, it, I wouldn't say so much as an anime. As much as a as a straight kung fu flick from beginning to end with one of with one of the best lyricists oh. in the underground scene, and me and him gonna go, you feel me, head up for the whole album, and it's gonna be that concept. Oh shit! Okay, yo, we'll be on the lucky yo. That shit is gonna be monumental. No, we we finna we finna work out the details, bro, because it, it gotta happen. You know what I'm saying? For my sake. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you got a lot of dope collabos coming out, too. And you're followed by one of my... I really wish that these two rappers will reach out and work with you. I want Mickey Diamonds to work with Royce the Five Nine and Lloyd oh, Banks. Yeah. Okay. So, me and Lloyd Banks, you know, and I, got, and I got to hit him. I ain't hit him in a couple. I ain't talked to him in a minute. But um, that I talked to him on the phone, bro. He pulled me on stage and shit, like I said, when I was at his show in New York. Oh, he wow. pulled me on yeah, yeah. We, we we went. He did a show at the um at Sony Hall when I went out there. When I went out to um New York in May, me me Big Trip and uh me Big Trip and Snotty went to the concert and uh and Zone shout out to Zone. But uh, we all was there and shit, and, and I was there and I you know he told me to come. He told me to come personally. You know what I'm saying? I called him or whatever and let him know I was in town or whatever. And he told me to come personally. 
got us got us backstage, all that shit. We chopped it up, you know what I mean? It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. Graf was there that night. I, sh I shook hands with Graf, and I've been a long time fan of Graf, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I met Vado that night too. Vado was there too, you know what I mean? And um. Uh, and I and 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 uh, dog told me jump on stage or whatever. You know what I mean. I jumped on stage anyway, but he jumped. He told me to come up there or whatever. And um, yeah, bro, it was it was, and he shouted me out twice during this show, bro. Like y'all, you know what I'm saying? Y'all gonna make sure y'all check out my man Mickey Diamonds, bro. <laughs> Just it was it was a you know what I mean for a nigga like me, bro, not to be on no starstruck shit and no shit like that, bro, because it wasn't nothing like that. It was just, you know, it was nice to see a nigga who I used to watch on TV or I used to listen to or I knew was that, was that the you know, I'm a punchline nigga, bro. Banks Cassidy had one or two of the illest punchline rapper underground runs of the time. Fabulous, you know what I'm saying? Ransom, it was it was some niggas who had them bars, you know what I'm saying? Um even down to niggas that niggas might even remember, like Cicero. Niggas, remember, I don't know if you ever remember oh, Cicero. Black Wall Street. Yeah, bro. Cicero used to be going crazy. You used to go by the rock star. Yeah, Cicero the rock star. Yes, sir. Cicero the rock star, bro. See, you know your shit. See, and I that's the era I grew up in, bro. It was so many. Everybody was trying to have the dopest bar, the dopest line. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's so, and that's so, you know, to be pulled up by one of the niggas who was controlling and running that. Market, you know what I'm saying? Cause back in the G Unit era, bro, when the mixtape era was popping, the DJ Clues and the K Slays and all that shit, bro. When a nigga was, when a nigga wanted to go get a nigga to, to put the, the crazy freestyle on some shit, bro, that nigga went to Cassidy, Fabulous, or Lloyd Banks, bro. Man. Then was the, you feel me? Black the fuck out, you know what I'm saying? I got to talk to that nigga on the phone personally, bro, for like an hour and a half, you know what I'm saying? Just chopping it up, nigga, talking to me, giving me games as we listen to each other and shit, bro. And it was, it, it's beautiful, bro. You know what I'm saying? To see that, that I'm doing enough that I ain't give up on myself, that I ain't quit, that I believe in myself and that I, whatever I, it is that I'm doing, that, that, the time that I'm putting in, the effort, the energy, whatever I'm putting in the universe is coming back in a positive way. You know what I mean? And it's being reciprocated through, through positive energy from people who... You know what I mean? Like, because like, what I also like about y'all just because I know who you are and I know what you did, you know what I mean. It might not, it's not necessarily a, a look up to thing. It's a, it's a more of a, a respect thing because as I'm building my, as I'm, as I'm building my way through this shit too. Me and my niggas, I'm, I'm seeing what y'all had to go through to get to where y'all. Yeah. And all I'm trying to be, and all I'm trying to be in the end is what y'all are now. Y'all are legends in this shit who don't got to be doing it, but still got the talent, charisma, and ability to do it. I have to love for it because he doesn't have to like talk to you and give you game, and that's that's what I like about that. Exactly, he ain't had to do none of that shit. He ain't had to acknowledge who I was. He could have fucked with my music and, and, and never said nothing or nothing. You feel what I'm saying? Like he gave me his phone number, bro. Like a real nigga, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? Like not fuck like a real nigga, like a respectable man who right. understands. <laughs> I fuck with you know what I mean. I fuck with this nigga. I'ma give me. I'ma. I'ma. You feel me? Let's connect, bro. That's, that's all this shit's about, bro. All that ego shit and all that shit, bro. That shit ain't gonna get you nowhere. At least not me. I don't know what's gonna take the next man. Yeah. I can't say that. Yeah. But me personally, I ain't for the, the ego ain't gonna take me nowhere. I don't need it, bro. Cause I ain't got time. Niggas already gonna. I'm already giving niggas enough reason not to like me or whatever by just doing good. I don't need to do nothing else. You know what I'm saying? That's why that's I'm, right. I'm glad to see you win because I know. Watching those old Tony Hawk and you in the V6 studios, I know what you must have went through. So, yo, you deserve all the success. And you know what I also like about the Lloyd Banks connection between you two? You know how he went by Blue Hefner? Where you went by Mickey Blue? You tell him that? No, and I never really even put the connection together until you just said that. See, that's why we need a blue and blue, blue versus blue song, y'all, bring out the universe, y'all. I'm gonna put something together when he broke because, like I said, you know, it, it, more than a mutual respect thing, like, you know, I fuck with Banks, Banks fuck with me. I got to get him on the record and see if I can, you feel me, and see if I can get busy with the boy. That's what I, you I feel me? You feel me? That's what I got to see. And that's what he, I know what he feeling like too. Like, he's the, he the OG. Like, nigga, I got to see if I can get busy with Young Dog. We And all it's going to make for is a great record. Yes, sir. And so, you know, when I interview Royce to Five Nine, I'm going to let him know about Mickey Diamond. I'm going to be like, yo, Nickel, if you don't know this guy in your own hometown, please, please holler at Mickey Diamond because I swear y'all make beautiful music together. But yo, Mickey yeah. Diamond, yo, 
yo, you're welcome on this platform anytime, my guy. And yo, like I said, man, thank you for being as cool as you are. You've got my, you had my support. You gotta got my support even more now, guy. Anything you wanna let the fans know before I let you go? Oh shit, man, go go support that that death that death threats. Um, album I just dropped me and Saru Go, man. Shout out to Saru Go. Right thirty first, y'all. Make sure y'all ready. We ready for those gold tapes. Yeah, man. You know, uh, new. New music on the way as always. You know I ain't gonna go too long. You feel me pressing the gas on this motherfucker. So you know what I mean. I, and, and most importantly, um, to to people who know and to a lot of people who I know personally through the you know internet and so forth. I just want to give y'all a personal message. To tell y'all thank y'all so much for supporting me in the ways that y'all do because it means more than y'all know. And I try to make time for everybody and I try to get back to everybody as quick as possible but when some I, I, i'm a human i deal with anxiety i deal with depression i deal with all kind of shit in the midst of making this music you know what i mean like this shit ain't just to wake up and not just rapping you know what i mean it's a, it's, it's a lot of stuff that go on that people ain't visible to that you may not be visible to but i don't mean no harm to nobody um i love all y'all i really try to make time you know what i mean as fast as i can or whatever shit just get lost in the sauce but um don't stop supporting me because I never stop supporting you. I promise you, I ain't no bullshit ass fake nigga. You already know how I give it up. Ever, ever, ever sent you a response back, you know it was all kind of genuine. Oh, unless, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, um, shout out to the homie Chris McClain for being so, for, for being so patient with me on the vinyl shit. And um, that's that, bro. You know what I mean? I, I'm just happy to be here, bro. We got plenty more music to make. Um, Shout out to everybody that's doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the big umbrella. You know what I'm saying? Pro Snotty, Trip Mac, uh, Josiah to Give, Mallory Knox, Substance A1O, J Royale. You know what I'm saying? Dark Arts and everybody else that's connected to us. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Godspeed to everybody. That's that's why I'm going to leave that. Man, with that being said, man, yeah, this artist is headed for greatness, man. And I'm glad we got to chop it up from before he actually hits the masses. Because I, I, always, I always knew when someone's going to be big. And trust me, this guy's going to be big. Pause all that. But yo, I understand that from the desk below featuring the monumental episode featured Mickey Diamonds. Yo, Mickey, we thank you again.